Hey everyone, welcome to the Rice People Podcast. On this show, we talk to the innovators, creators, and thinkers doing some of the most interesting things in Asia. I'm Adil, and this is Wong Lei. We dive into their journeys, learn how they think, and cover why they're doing what they're doing. We hope to provide you the inspiration and insights you need to forge your own journey. You can access all our podcasts, including edited transcripts, show notes, and other resources to keep learning at ricepeoplepodcast.com. This week, we are super privileged to have on the show, Ang Jolie May, the founder of The Life Celebrant, which is a funeral services company that she started in her 20s. She's also the author of the book, Dying to Meet You. There were many stories in her book that really touched us and we were glad to have the opportunity to talk to Ang Jolie about them. In this conversation, we talk about how she ended up starting her own funeral services company, why she's so driven on bringing fresh ideas and empathy to the industry, the unique challenges she has faced as a young woman in an older male-dominated space, and the mindset shifts that she has experienced along the way that has made her who she is today. There were tons of actionable learning moments from this conversation that we feel we will apply to our own lives moving forward, and we hope you will have the same experience as well. You can find all things The Life Celebrant and Dying to Meet You in the links in the show notes. And now, on to our conversation with Angel Lee May. So welcome to the show, Angel Lee. Hi, thank you for hey. having me. Really lovely to start our Saturday, you know, with this uh, weather. <laughs> yeah. So for, for people who may be unfamiliar with The Life Celebrant and the funeral industry, could you share sure. briefly what you do? Um, at the life celebrant, yeah. Well, as a celebrant and a funeral director, so uh, we are uh, essentially, of course, a funeral company where we help clients, you know, when their loved one passes away, that's the from transferring the departed from the hospital or from the home to our care, and then to curate and arrange the funeral um, to do the setup. So in Singapore, everything starts really sort of immediately like a funeral wake is, uh, starts immediately so usually we hold a wake for three days five days or seven days always odd number ideally odd number there's a reason um, and then on the funeral day I will usually check with family if they would like to do a celebrant service a celebrant service uh, ge- uh, generally would be t- touching on the life story of the departed so we want to commemorate you know memories we will do interview I will do interview with the family uh, probably starting from when they were young all the way, you know, so it's, just, so it's like you go to a wedding and you see a montage, right? Yeah, usually they'll show the groom, the bride. Yeah, it's the same idea. So so I always feel that funeral is your life graduation ceremony. Wow, wow, what a way yeah, to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's true, right? And then at the end of the day, you just want to sum it up and, and, and let the people know, like, who are the lives they have touched and how do you... Yeah, commemorate this person. So, so that was how I. Uh, so, the funeral industry essentially, and what TLC does. Oh, life oh, graduation mm. ceremony. Oh, yeah. Now I change your mindset, right? <laughs> Not just exam, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we yeah. just have like few words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. I always uh, say to some students, they're like, "Oh, I'm so they're so stressed because I just did a, a sharing on Monday, uh, with uh, Nan Chiao High School." Uh, and they invited me to talk about, yeah, it's their career symposium, their educational and career guidance. So I was invited and, and talking about my journey. Uh, and 
and they were they were telling me that oh some of the students don't know where they are going and I, I was thinking in my head like yeah they're 16 you know when I was 16 I really didn't know where yeah. I would yeah. end up as well I'm sure the two of you maybe you have a you know some idea but along the way you just need to adjust mm. the cost yeah so so I, I shared this um a phrase with them which is something that I always do which is you know a lot of people they will do what we call they're ready they aim and then they fire so in my my motto is I, I, I ask them to change their mindset you know to be ready and fire then you aim because that's like what life is right Oh. The more yeah, if you don't fire, you know you you always stay put and say, oh no, I need to aim, I need to aim for perfection, I need to wait for this, I need to wait for that. Mm-hmm. You will never start, like <laughs> you never start. So the yeah. best way is okay, we just start, then we adjust along the way, right? And then you, you are moving towards your life graduation ceremony, you know. So so yeah, so I think one of the things that a lot of students um. Or, or younger generation, they they are too stressed out over just life examinations, their graduation. Mm-hmm. And then when I told them about this concept, like if you think about it, your life is a graduation, funeral is a life graduation ceremony. It doesn't end when you graduate from uni or, or mm-hmm. poly or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's what, what, what do you contribute and how many lives you touch. And on the life graduation ceremony, what are the things that people will say about you? And, and, and that's, I think, and then how you will be remembered. I think that's essentially nicer, right? That you think about your journey. Yeah. 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 You touch a lot of lives and, and a lot more fulfilling in that way. Yeah. Not just numbers, not just results. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and even the ready, ready fire. Fire. Aim. Wow. Aim. Never heard anyone put it in that way before. So succinctly. <laughs> You, if you read some of the, so I actually had, um, you know, some mentors, like I read a lot of books, uh, motivational, mm-hmm. you know, books as well. And I attended quite a fair bit of seminars and I learn and, and bring the essence and like, yeah, you know how when I was younger, I would be like, oh, this is not successful yet. I mean, not not perfect yet. Right. And then someone said to me, you will never reach perfection. You know, you, you never have things that's perfect. You just need to keep aiming for perfection. And I was like, oh, that's true. Yeah, so so I, I convinced myself I will never find like a perfect husband, you know. He <laughs> <laughs> just walked out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's a joke between us. I said, nothing is perfect. You are not perfect too, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot this week also. I think, I think mm. one thing I, oh, it always like bears me down is I would, We'll think about what I should be doing. Like, oh, in a podcast, I should be always asking questions, always having a lot of good questions. I should be very outspoken. All these things will actually weigh me down. All these shoulds or should Uh, not. uh, Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I realise really the best way is to just do it and then figure out how to improve. Correct. So, I mean, like, you know, it, it, it is about, yeah, move on, then you learn and you adjust your course. Yeah? It's never a perfect, like, yeah, it's good that, you know, you start the podcast and um, then you find, fine-tune your, your action. But as long as you don't action on it and fire, you you will never get started. I have a friend I spoke to and she was like, years ago, I, oh, she was very interested in becoming a barista. And I remember back then, coffee culture wasn't that hit you know it wasn't like so popular mm. yet and I said oh that's a great idea because I'm a coffee lover so then like six months later I asked her oh how did it go I said oh no I'm still you know perfect perfect <laughs> so she's still waiting and now she's still working for people she's still it's not <laughs> embarrassed and then now I'm like I said hey, your time is over 
<laughs> you know, too many, right? So, so there's and that really just helped me. And she's she's a typical example of uh, she's always ready in fire. I have spoken to her so many times trying to convince her to change, but you know, some people just yeah, maybe the time timing is never right, right? And the, maybe the messenger is not correct. So, so yeah. So, but we're still very, very good friends, yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. Was it, was it the spirit that you had when you um, had to take over your, your father's legacy in your 20s to, to start in I this think, industry? Yeah, it's a good question. In fact, when I joined the industry, you know, a lot of people may not know, was really out of filial piety. I, 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 my mom, my mom was working with my dad, but she wasn't very active in the the funeral industry. She was just, you know, like a, the boss's wife sitting in the office, maybe helping him to manage some administrative stuff. So when my dad passed away, and you know, my dad had his business for almost thirty over years, and my my father never had a succession plan because it's the lao kuan, you know, those those yeah, that. No planning on uh, cash is king, you know, no planning, don't have insurance, <laughs> yeah, don't have wheels. So so and, and it was a very rude like awakening for me. It was a very big wake up call that oh my god, you know, I, I always thought my life would be yeah, smooth lah. Because my dad, since young, we have always had whatever we wanted. So if we need a computer, we just tell our dad and he just give my mom money. You know, we, we never had to worry. But I think when uh, things happen to him, suddenly you just wake up that Oh, the rock is gonna. It is is he has passed right. The rock of our family, the breadwinner. So um, and I had an elder sis who had a very good job. I have two younger siblings. So at a point in time, I felt that it was only right for me to quit the job and join the funeral industry. But there were people who thought, oh, you you. Uh, you you were born into a funeral home, so you must be quite familiar. But I said you, no because look at my gender. I'm I'm a female, and back then you know, the tauke my my dad didn't say oh when uh, Saturday Sunday no school ah uh, come to come and help me in the funeral <laughs> home right? No, he never said that. So in fact, the end of my dad's career was the beginning of my end, and I just have to jump in, and it was very scary. You know when you you asked me, was that the spirit? Uh, it wasn't the spirit initially. It was really scary because I was dealing with people who are very unfamiliar few. Uh, I was maybe, you know, having to tread on different toes because some some of the older guys, uh, they don't like the way I change things. Then they get very angry with me. Then when I ask them to change, they always tell me this sentence, you know, I've consumed more salt than you consume rice. You know, Chinese, we say, I'm sure maybe you will experience that in your life uh, too. Definitely. So and I realized, yeah, so I was like, okay, maybe the best way is not to tell them what to do, is to earn their trust. So then I started to, um, I, I did quite a few things. And I think the spirit came in after I uh, left the industry and I joined financial advisory for a while. And the reason why I left was also because my, my mom yeah, kicked me out of the industry. <laughs> so, you know, she, my mom is a very... Um, unusual mom or maybe she's a different type of mother you know most mothers who run businesses they will be so happy when the children are like yeah. helping them yeah. right yeah. or oh, my mom is the opposite man she's like get out no don't come into the funeral no you need you, you can go and pursue your own career or um 
And remember, she's like, oh, you are a 大学生, you know, you're a uni grad. There's so many opportunities for you. So why do you want to be stuck in the funeral industry? So one year later, I think when she was more stable and I think she managed, she, she starts to manage her grief better because I know the first initial few months was very bad for her. Like she was crying every day, every single day. Like, yeah. and I, yeah, and, and I have to be strong, right? I cannot cry. So, so I have to like, okay, you know, don't worry. I will take over. So there was a lot of, protecting you know of her and, and so one year later when she forced me out I was actually quite upset that she didn't understand my intention as a daughter mm-hmm. so but it was a very good move I, I did thank her after that to uh, years later of course <laughs> that, you know, I said to her you know that was the best decision you did to kick me out um, I, I went to the financial industry and I did really well and that was when then I get exposed to like motivational speakers like Jim Rohn um, T. Huff Ecker so some of these names you know then I start yeah, to yeah. go to some of the, the course like Blessing and all that and I start to listen and I say, hey, yeah, actually all entrepreneurs have the same sort of journey. And and they use this phrase and, and, and this phrase like ready, uh, aim, fire and ready, fire, aim. So it was like, wow, talking to me a lot, right? I, I, I mean, so many of us is like, oh, yeah, that's true. Then I remember I start to apply and, and there were some keywords like one step at a time. So and, and I think ultimately what I learned from all this was that, you know, you, you, you would definitely fall in your life, right? After graduation, uh, I always have to remind the students that it's not the end. Like after graduation in your school, university, or, or, or wherever you're from, polytechnic, or but you will think that, oh, after exam, yeah, yeah that's the, the end. I say, I assure you that you will still go through life. Uh, and now it's life, you know, yeah, life challenges, right? So then I start to realize, oh, you know, when, when life gives you a challenge, and I remember I attended one, and he said, wow, that was a, another wake-up call. And he said, you know, how many of you are guilty when you are hit with a challenge and you ask yourself, like, why me, why me, God, why me? You know, you, you start to ask this, like, why me? And then he said that, okay, change it to another phrase, which is, why not me? And then he said, what do I have to learn from this episode? Wow, so it just... It was just a click, you know, like a paradigm shift. And I said, yeah, true. So then I start to do a lot of uh, reading and training my mind. And I think the ready, fire, aim was something that I felt, yeah, that's true. You know, a lot of times, like, I start a new service in my company and everybody tells me, you're, you're crazy, Anjali. <laughs> but I still pursue. I said, no, I don't think I'm crazy. You just don't see it yet. But I, I know it's the right track. Yeah, so... Sometimes you have to listen to your gut feel. So when I started in the funeral industry, it wasn't so easy. Um, it was really out of love. And then it was later on that I realized, you know, all this spirit. And I realized, yeah, when I started the Life Celebrant. So I started the Life Celebrant in 2010. My mom still runs my dad's company. Uh, so it was also a big decision, right? That, you know, there was a part of me that said, oh, I wanted to succeed in my dad's branding but then I realized it was really hard because my mom was always concerned about having my siblings and then it's dad's brand and he, she didn't want me to change a lot of things. My mom was uh, someone who didn't like change a lot and I think for a lot of um, you know, our older generation, they don't like change so much. Mm-hmm. So then I thought the easiest way was to start my own. So it was also a scary time when I started TLC, you know, then, but that spirit of, okay, I, I had like a mantra, you know, I write it <laughs> every day, ready, wow. fire, eh, ready, fire, yeah, every day. And then when I get very, very scared, right, and like, I was like, oh my God, what, what, what's going to happen? So I'll lie on the floor and I usually lie flat 
like on the floor like that or, or lie on the back and I was sort of meditate and then all I keep telling myself is one step at a time, one step at a time. Oh yeah, it's, it, it can be oh. quite scary sometimes, yeah. Right? I can yeah. imagine you just planking face down. Yeah, 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 planking, you know. Oh I still don't get God. the essay, but because <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true, it's true. It's, it's that my journey was so, it was really scary times sometimes. And, and you know, like, in, it's very hard to talk to anybody. Really very hard. Like, I, I don't have anyone I can... Um, explain why I'm doing this and even when I start my own company people were like aren't you gonna be in competition with your mom and and I said no it's not and, and of course there are some people who disagree you know they feel that it's too much I should start to help my mom I said well we keep arguing the problem is we keep arguing and then one day I, I, I think when I told her why I wanted to start my own I said I don't want to lose a mom I mean I want to have conversation with mm. her and not about work so so and I said I'd rather have my own company and if things don't work out it's my own company right and it doesn't touch that yeah. friend and his his uh, reputation so so that's the reason why um, I think until today my mom and I we don't talk about work much which is like, people ask me, hey, do you know your mom is doing this? I said, like, really? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really don't talk about it. Now we talk about kids. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, it's very nice. You know, like, I think there's a, a shift right now. I become a mommy. So yeah. I start to, start to, yeah, uh, can relate lah. I know my mom says, see, yeah. see, you know, when you're a kid, I say, yeah, you know, this is the kind of thing I want to <laughs> give my daughter now. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I think it, it is. It, it can be quite helpful to keep that line between work and life mm. clear. Because if you are an entrepreneur, you really like your work is your life, right? So yeah. sometimes you you might want to keep your family. Correct, and I think line. because I yeah. have so many new, maybe innovative idea that my mom can't um can she can't accept, and it was I I feel that it's so hard to try to convince her. I rather I do it myself. I do it by mm. my speed, right? And then I can chong first, but but back then, wow, it was really difficult. So it was a hard decision, actually. It was a very hard decision for me to say, okay, I need to stop thinking about, you know, using my dad's brand. I need to start to do my own, yeah. So so that was, uh, yeah, 10 years ago, it was, it was a hard time. Oh, I'm almost 11 now. Yeah, it was a very challenging time for us. <laughs> and for me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think uh, earlier you mentioned, like, uh, I think I also face this, uh, or at least most young people will have this mindset, right? Like, you know, you want mm. to do many new and exciting and uh, you want to change stuff and yeah. try a new innovative strategy or something. Mm. But then there's always people who've been there before, who've been in whatever industry it is, they've been there right. many more years. Yeah. And, and you mentioned like, it's not about uh, just pushing Telling things through, right. but yeah. earning their trust. Yeah. Uh, can, can, you, can you elaborate more on that? Yeah, I think the older generation, right, it's like, they won't, it's, it's doing by action. I always feel that, um, I remember when I joined the funeral industry, I told my mom, I'm not going to sit in the office and and uh, work with her or like talk to the clients. I want to see the back of the house. So I was going down on the ground where when there's a call for a funeral, uh, we have to go to the hospital, to the mortuary. I will go with them and then I'll be part of the team to do the transfer. I will look at embalming. I, I want to understand the whole little, you know, the back, back of the, the house and, and not just the front of the house so that mm. when I'm at the front of the house I know how things work right and, and something that I recognized was there was a lack of communication between embalmers and funeral directors because funeral directors need time to embalm the departed but funeral directors feel that it's a rush like oh no 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 we need to hurry up and then later on when I do, did my certificate in funeral directing 
I was one of the instructors said, what is the rush? There is no rush. There's no more emergency. The person has already passed. So why don't we slow it down for the family mm-hmm. and then help them during this period? And I was like, wow, another ping, you know, and that, yeah, why are we rushing, you know? So it's because of, you know, in the past, people will be rushing, chop, chop, you know, and then the funeral is set up. But family don't have time to properly, like, Exhort like okay, that has passed. I want to spend a bit more time with him. So, mm-hmm. so I I felt my my education in psychology. So I'm a psych student in NUS, really helped me in this area, and it's 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 also something that I feel that um, when we were younger, you know, uh, we always feel that oh, you must listen to me because. We're younger, ma. So we are very hard hitter, right? It's like, no, you don't yeah, understand yeah. me. Yeah, I can, I can speak so many people's voice, right? Like, oh, you don't understand me. Yeah, I want it done this way. This is the better way. You don't understand. So then I realized because every time when I tell them, they start to, no, no, you don't change. Huh? You know, 30 years we've been doing this. So if I understand because they don't want to reinvent the wheel. But then I realized, no, that's not the best way. The best way is for me to earn their trust. So I start to, you know, show them or I went to different countries. Actually, before I came to start my TLC, I was I went to different countries to look at their practices. And I realized, oh, this can be done. Oh, this can be done. So I take pictures and I try to explain to them. Of course, it didn't work. Then <laughs> over time, yeah, over time, I show them. I think one of the part where they were more convinced was... I was in the embalming room a lot. And then they start to realize, oh, okay, she does know her stuff. Like, okay, you know, they start to stop telling me things. And and it, it wasn't to tell them like, no, listen to me, you know, it doesn't work. Man. So it's best to just show them one day they will just keep quiet and like, okay, they're observing you, right? And then you prove to them. Like even my mom, I have to earn her trust. And I remember at 30 years old, uh, she said to me, "Ah, I I'm not worried about you anymore." Uh, and she said this. I remember this uh, vividly, you know. Wow. And she said, "I'm not worried about you anymore because every time you fall, you pick yourself up and you continue." Wow. So yeah. So that and must I be think, a moment of pride. Yeah, it's like bing bing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I said, "Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think you should be worried about that too, you know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sleep in, right? No, like she was. I was joking, and then my mom started to say, "Yeah, I'm worried about her," which is true, lah. Because my tachi is a bit more, my elder sister is a little bit more, uh, maybe not so streetwise, and and I also get a bit worried about her at, at that point in time. So I was always the my my mom has some issues. She would tell me, and then like, okay, she wants me to relay and talk to them, lah. So it was a very nice moment when she said that to me. Yeah. And she also told me that said, whatever I tell you, you will never listen. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's like okay. you're so rebellious, yeah. But okay lah, you always uh, pick yourself up. I'm not worried already. <laughs> so which yeah. is a nice nice moment. Yeah. I, I realized no, I was just saying I realized your life is full of uh, beepings yeah beeping, you know? yeah I'm always aiming for that yes. Ping, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 it's yeah. like oh life graduation ceremony oh check 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 you know like yeah, yeah. a lot of things yeah I need yeah. to find more of these moments in life yeah 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 I'm sure you do I'm sure you do but you must recognize it you know sometimes maybe yeah, yeah, you don't I think recognize that's, that's it the hard yeah. Part. Yeah. yeah you recognize yeah. it then you like give yourself a pat like oh good job <laughs> feel good feel good yeah you mentioned just now that you started quite a few new initi- initiatives like uh, the Angel Star, the Show mm. of Love, Life Legacy, yeah. and then Rainbow Connection. Can you share more yeah. like how these ideas were started? Actually, how long oh. also each of these come to fruition? Correct. 
Wow, yeah. wow, I love that question. Um, in 2008, let's talk about Showers of Love. In fact, that's a big part of mm. what we are doing. Uh, Showers of Love is a, a service where we allow family members to participate in the final dressing and the final makeup for the departed. And and even the shower, they, you know, where family members can actually observe, but the departed is always, uh, the, pres- uh, the dignity is always preserved, meaning to say we always have a big towel over and as we wipe and, and bathe the departed. Now, this concept was conceived, this seat was conceived in my mind in 2008 when I watched the movie Departures. It's a Japanese film. It won the Oscar Best Foreign Film Award. And I remember I watched with my ex and then he was like, oh, we need to watch this film. So uh, actually it was one of my friends who, who works for Golden Village who said, you should watch this film. So I went to watch it and I wow, that moment, there was one scene in that show that really described how my mom's fear came from. And I mean fear as in my, there's one scene where this guy, uh, the long story short about this, the summary of this uh, movie was that this guy was a, 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 he was a cellist player in an orchestra, but the orchestra has uh, bankrupt, so he has to find another job. So he he and he went to apply for a job that uh, in the newspaper is said uh, in the travel industry. Yeah, so then when he went for the interview, he's like, Trevor, this is not a travel industry. He's like, yeah, you're helping the departed to travel from one round to another round, which <laughs> wow. is very lovely. Yeah. Close yeah, enough, so, close enough. Correct, yeah. close enough. So then then he, he, he it, it depicted how this job called the no kanshi, meaning um, the the person who's you know wiping the body down in front of the family members and when i watched that movie i felt like wow it's it's such a beautiful gesture especially when there was a scene where the grandchildren said oh this is grandma's favorite socks and then he said let's put it on together with for her and there was just laughter and tears and that that scene has always been in my back of my mind that one day if i have a venue i would like to do that and and when I was given the opportunity to have a space, because you know that uh, you can't just open any funeral home in Singapore, you know, because people doesn't want them one funeral home in the backyard, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so, so yeah. in the end, when I had this venue, um, it was immediately I wanted to do that. So then we start to structure out, okay, how the showers of love, you know, we wanted the word showers, even the name was purposely. Uh, created so like showers of love and how we came up with the Chinese name so if you uh, do don't don't you don't read Chinese no, right no, yeah. no, no but yeah. it's okay um, <laughs> yeah on, so yeah. you just have to understand that TLC in Chinese is called Sing Tian Zhang and Sing Tian Zhang is chapters from our heart so the word the first word Sing is uh. heart yeah okay then the showers of love Chinese name is Liu Sing Yu so it's not your uh, the meteor rain it's, it's actually it's Liu Sing Yu so the word sing in the middle, we keep to the heart. Then Liu Sing Yu is uh, passing, uh, I say in Chinese, passing zhong So if there's any words that you want to say and express your loved one, you can pen it down and may all this become uh, tragic memories. So that's Liu Sing Yu. So all my Chinese, um, the marketing of, for, for the company brand was also purposely created. You know, so when I started this in 2016 and we launched it in 2017, and this was the service that just now uh, I, I mentioned, you know, when people think that I was crazy. And even I, I, I invited all the industry player here and they were like, hey, Anjali, I think, yeah, you, this is a very crazy idea. I don't think anybody wants <laughs> it, you know. And I said, no, 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 trust me. There will be people, and I and I, I keep putting reference to like you see Muslim, you see Hindus, they are yeah. the ones who dress and bathe, right? They are departed loved ones, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and you know in the end who uses my uh, showers of love? 
the most my showers of love sanctuary is the Muslim casket. They, oh. they were initially, yeah, they were the ones who were supporting me a lot because whenever they are not able to bathe their loved ones at home, they will rent out space, especially for repatriation cases. So, or, or, or those cases that uh, they couldn't have a venue. So, so it was very rewarding that, oh, yes, so we try to uh, encourage. In fact, in, initially people see that every time when we tell them this service, right, because it's so new to them, they will think that it was crazy. So in the end, what I had to do was, no, uh, why don't we make it mandatory so that they can come mm. in? So when we make it like it's part of the process and they were very, very grateful, uh, the, the cathartic and therapeutic uh, experience that they have. So when we look at our Facebook, I was very glad that they always mentioned about showers of love. So that was the birth of showers of love, but you know, the mice, the idea was conceived so many years ago. Then Angel Star, yeah, Angel Star actually came after Showers of Love because we were using Showers of Love as a venue to help parents um, spend time with their child, right? And then I said, oh, and I also recognize there's a lot of people who didn't get to say goodbye to their children when they were, you know, when I first started in the funeral industry. And I also asked the old guys, like, oh, why is it that for funeral for children is always chop chop? Like parents are not here, and then they explained to me that no, it's it's sort of a in the Chinese tradition that is is against the law of nature, right? That the child mm. goes before the parents, and usually mummy is not there. And I always ask the question, why is mummy not here? And because mom mom is still in the hospital, she just went through the surgery. So so I said, oh, so mom is not here to say goodbye to the child. And when I think about it, I said, wow, isn't that very painful? Yeah. And yeah. and when I had showers of love, I said, no, I want to allow family member to take time with their child. They can take as, as long as they want. And they don't need to rush. There's, like I said, there's no emergency. And if mommy is still in the hospital, it's okay. Let me take care of the child first. I wait for mommy to be discharged. Then I start. You know, there were a lot of uh, these kind of things that people, the older guards, they were like, cannot, cannot, must start immediately. Then when I ask them and challenge them, but why? Then they, they can't tell me the reason. They're like, oh no, but you know, it's done it's done tradition. like that years ago. Exactly. Yeah. They use the word tradition. But I said, yeah, but I'm not following that tradition. I'm following what psychologically is good for the parents. It's good for their healing process. And because you must always remember that um, if you don't help them during this period, which is the life graduation ceremony, right? If you don't make sense or give any significance to the child or even to any adults, you you can change a person's life forever. Okay, what do I yeah. mean by that? If you yeah. don't have a grief properly, they don't grieve properly, right? You will end up having depression or people who are drug abuser or, or alcoholic. You know, you, you don't know how all this people who are going through is because of unresolved grief, right? Disenfranchised grief. So it's so important to let's address this, let's help them connect. And and any regrets that they have to be expressed at showers of love. And even for a child, um, nowadays it's a very different direction. People will want to wait for the child. So I have, you know, children who are at our resting area for three days, five days. And I feel that that's necessary because you want to give significance, right? And I've so many times in the past, I remember it's like, okay, okay, shh, hush, hush, don't talk about it. Okay. And then I was like, what do you mean don't talk about it? And you feel like, huh, what is this person? You know, I, I, in my book, I mentioned I lost a good friend at 11 years old. And I remember vividly how everybody tried to uh, pretend like he was never born. Like, no, 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 shh, don't talk about him. Yeah, if you talk about him, his goals will come. I said, yeah, I don't mind, you know, like, yeah, but everybody was like, so nobody talks about him. And I felt very sad that, yeah, a person's life is just like vanish, like as if 
this person or this child was never recognized. So Angel Star was to create this safe haven. I think number one for parents to be able to come together, grandparents to be able to grieve in a very conducive uh, environment. So Showers of Love Sanctuary is a place where parents can be there and the door are closed. So people from outside can't see what's inside. So there were a lot of things when I changed. It was based on how, you know, I will put like empathy. Um, I, I have sort of a very high empathy. I will position myself in the shoe of a family and, and ask myself, what do I not like about this place? What do I like about this place? How do I protect? Or, or I will ask myself, uh, if this is my family, right? Uh, how would I want the funeral director to take care of me? What kind of environment do I want? So I asked and questioned myself so much. And that's how it shaped. You know, that's why I said ready, fire, aim. Then you, you then aim for, okay, I think this will be good. I think this will be good. Then we try it. Hey, yeah, it works. So we start to create our our new service and also, uh, and Tian should sing. Okay, so again, everything is with the sing. So angel star and uh, star and the heart is the same sound, by the way, Edward. So you know, oh, yeah, okay, so, okay. yeah, the star, <laughs> yeah. So, so everyone, when they saw my, the Chinese speaking one, when they see the, uh, my my branding they were very uh very yeah they were like who did your Chinese uh, copies is it oh, no lah just me and my yeah brainstorming <laughs> with a few people yeah so so that's how we came out with the three the three services mm. yeah yeah and and I I I I love how you uh even when thinking of all these new business lines or new services to provide right like you you bring some element of what you've learned uh, from your degree, right? Uh, element of psychology and all exactly. these kinds of things. Mm. And you're not just uh, creating new services just for the sake of it or to make money, but it's actually mm. solving a problem. And I also, I yes. also relate a lot, like in terms of showers of love, like I, I mm. mean, I have two, two grand, grandparents who have passed and I was, so, I was also there, you know, doing all the bathing and stuff like mm. that. So yeah, oh, I understand lovely. like that intimacy and that yeah. chance to say one last goodbye, right? And Exactly. And like, yeah, I, I, and sometimes, and also in terms of the tradition part of it, sometimes I also don't get it. Like, I mean, having seen quite a few people pass, even yeah. though I'm still quite young, but like, you know, sometimes yeah. people will say like, oh, you cannot cry here or like, exactly, uh, you know, oh, the <laughs> yeah. body have to go now or something like that. I don't get oh. it. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, right? Like, whoa, the, the person is already dead. Like, mm-hmm. what is my crying going to do anything to, yeah. to affect this person or, or anything yeah. else, right? Yeah, so, so that I, I really, uh, yeah, I really love it, like, yeah you thinking about all these kinds of things and like how to you know bring the empathy to the True. like the industry I, I guess that has been very strongly dominated by tradition and mm. and not really focusing mm. on the grief of the people who are left behind mm. yeah yeah i mean a lot of the service i start uh, has a lot to do with myself like my you know as in when my dad passed away i was quite clueless of what to do you know and 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 along the way, I start to realize, isn't it good? Wouldn't it be nice if this was done? Wouldn't it be nice if I could do this for my dad? So there was a lot of, wouldn't it be nice? And then when I think about it, it's like, okay, why do I do this for family so that they don't have any regrets, right? Like you said, you know, just that touch or uh, uh, intimacy, it really helps soothe the, the family. Imagine not being able to touch for one last time. And you will always remember that this person is the last moments and and every time I ask people like what do you remember most and sometimes they would tell me oh my god the embalming was so badly done they always tell me the condition of the body like uncle has like the father you Mm. know the 
the blusher is like super red. The 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 uncle has like heavy thick makeup. You know, so when you hear that, it's like yeah, why? So you then I ask a lot of why. Yeah, so that's why I think the old guards hates me like because every time I ask them, why are you doing that? Ah, uh? why ah? Uh? Then then their their common reaction and the common phrase that they use is just a jungle law. It's done like that, uh? Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> So the younger generation in us is like we are burning. It's like, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you haven't told me why. You know, it's like no, no, yeah, just yeah. Jiang, just follow. It's like I don't want to follow. I want to challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's why they they don't really like me I probably they hate my guts. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm also really curious because you mentioned quite a few times about uh the brand of TLC. Um, mm. as a as a entrepreneur, right? What do you and someone in the funeral industry? What do you see mm. is the brand of TLC, and how do you think about building a brand for a funeral service company? Oh. Yeah, it's it's actually quite challenging. I I uh, because somehow people think that our company, maybe because people are jealous or or whatever it is, but the industry sort of mm. feel that we are very expensive, but. When we try to explain that we are not expensive, but we're very customized and we're very personalized, meaning to say, you come to us, you know, I don't believe in a cookie cutter funeral. I think that's number one that I I, I disagree when I started the life celebrant, that we are not a cookie cutter funeral. But what we want to do is to personalize and customize. So, example, if you have dad's favorite food, I can serve dad's favorite food. Like just it doesn't cost more, right? It just need to me to talk to the caterer. Like tell me what's your uh, favorite food for your dad. You know, I will have you know like maybe a store where I will have a chef who's gonna serve that food. Like we have one uh, auntie. She said she my my mom loved mochi. So you know mochi oh. those yeah yeah it's very nice yeah I, I, it's also my favorite when I was a kid also so then then she just mentioned this yeah exactly with peanuts you know and then and she said my mom loved mochi so I said okay let me see what I can do so then uh, I I got a chef to actually do the mochi station so the the guy is like on the spot doing it and serving mochi and I remember how her face just lit up because every time when we serve mochi to the friends or the f- f- uh, funeral attendees and the friends will be like wow why why is there mochi here and she start to share her story of the memories that she has with mom about why mochi mm-hmm. was her favorite and then she will always buy mochi home and you can see that. It just brings her back to those memories, the the happy moments, and not the last chapter of the person's life, you know, and mm. and I felt, why why do you keep talking about that part? Like oh, what happened to her? And, and I personally went through it because everybody who came to my dad's funeral asked me the same question. And back then we don't have phone, right? So I was like, well, if I can rewind, you know, I will have make a recording <laughs> and then I will give to them like, okay, you just listen, okay, five minutes later I'll come back, and and it was very tiring as family members to having to repeat what happened to my dad and because every time you repeat you go back to the same moment right over and over again it's good for healing but I didn't like it because I felt that I want to know more about my dad because my dad was a very quiet man at home but it was my dad's friend who shared stories about him like oh your dad is very humorous I was like really no lay at home my dad is very stern you know he's never joking on he's like no 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 your dad is a humorous guy I tell you so they start to tell me so many stories that I said wow I wish I could be a friend of my dad because I think he and I we were click you know and and <laughs> and yeah and, and and there's a lot of people who saw me I mean his friends and said I have a bit of his personality uh, in terms of like maybe socializing and all that but but it's also something that I realized 
people always focus on the wrong thing, right? On funeral. It's the mm-hmm. final chapter. Mm-hmm. I don't want to focus on the final yeah. chapter. I want to focus on all the many chapters that we could. So TLC, in terms of branding, it was deliberate when I came up with the word, the life celebrant, because I wanted it to be TLC, tender loving care. So we do have people who call and like, oh. are you tender loving care? And then I said, yes, we are TLC. <laughs> you know? We are TLC families serving families with tender loving care. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's, it works too. It's, it works too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's sort of to give people that ring and, and also because uh, I disagree to have a funeral home name with the word casket and funeral because I really think it's about the person's life story and I, re- I remember my mom when I show her what my company name is she's like what's there to celebrate you shouldn't celebrate you know what if people cannot accept my mom is like a worried mom right and then she so I said no 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 I believe in it you know I said I'm not celebrating the death I'm celebrating the person's life so she it is she struggled with it she was very very worried when I started TLC and and she feel that maybe the market wasn't ready so we we constantly want to give a lot of options for family you know I look at um, products from overseas and and I bring in them I probably more um, uh, gung-ho maybe in a way that I want to try new things like you know I would just yeah like fire first and then I start to aim and see where it lands right yeah because if someone can re- um, if one person benefit you know you're not just benefiting one because it's a ripple effect mm. right so if you have taken care like showers of love I'm not just helping one if a family has a better grief you know the next generation will understand what death is and they will have a they will have closure proper closure yeah the worst is when funeral ended with family members feeling they have regrets and remember funeral is only one time you know you have a you have an unpleasant experience, you can't go back to like restaurants or hotel, right? Where you can have a second chance, give them a second chance, right? Funeral, you can't. So so I always feel that it's like flying an airplane. The pilot cannot make mistakes, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it's, it's as simple as that because you are, it's about people's lives. And I'm not talking about just the deceased, but the survivor's life that you should pay a lot of attention to. So I think the psychology part really helps. So the branding for our team, uh, most of the time people say uh, in our you know uh, Facebook or, or their comment the review is that we we uh, we give a lot of like little touches yeah like we will help them create things that they don't have to think about so the logistical matters we will take care of everything yeah so like one of the friends um, her father passed away un- unexpectedly and she compared the service that we provided to her uh, father-in-laws and she's like oh my god Angelie you really you know solve a lot of headache for us like we didn't have to worry about like before I think about it you already provided us with this solution so our our, our journey is really uh, empathizing with the family and ask if I'm the funeral uh, if I'm family members what would I want funeral directors to do for me so that's how we create all this you know support for them yeah so yeah i think tlc slowly people are starting to recognize we are also a company that we commemorate and celebrate because i have people who call me and said uh i want to use your company and then she said out of the 85 companies that i went through they had a piece of paper with a list yeah wow Wow. She showed me the list, you know, eighty five research. Exactly, yeah. and then she didn't even research. She looked at my company brand. She said, "You're the only one with the word celebrate." So I decided you because I want to celebrate wow. my, my fiance's wow. life. And I was That's like, "Branding sure. done right." Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but initial days are hard because people don't they they too tradition right. So slowly, I mean, like our generations, we will embrace that right. We will talk about yeah, I want to, I want to live life. Or, you know, I want to live life 
the way I want yeah. it. When I leave life, I want to live the way I want it too. You have you. I want right. to have control. Yeah. yeah. So it's a different, a different uh needs uh experience now. Yeah, by the company, yeah. uh, by the families. Mm. I I can really sense the TLC's mission. Like when I'm talking to you, but how do you get this out to people? Wow. Yeah. Really, word of mouth, a lot of uh, goodwill, like you know, do a lot of seminars. Um, sometimes not, it's not. It, it's to me, it's never about the, the monetary part. It's really about what can we do as funeral directors to help, to help you have a better grief process. Even though, like you know, angel star, we are. There are people who said we are expensive for angel star, but they don't know what we do for angel star. You know, there are a lot of things that my team will put in. Like my team will go. Really go the extra miles, you know. So sometimes I I am so blessed with, um, these ladies. So also my team, I have eighty percent ladies, uh, and it's also something that was uh, unheard of lah. In 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 a lot of people who were like, wow, yeah, how you get all these ladies, but also because maybe um you know being a a founder who's a lady, so they know that, and I also love what their inputs are. You know, I I I give them a lot of autonomy. So when they meet a family, they know that this. Is what the family would like. We would then they would then drive towards that, and create a lot of experience for them. So so to us is yeah, and we don't charge for all the extra little things that we do for them. So but for the angel star, we we are not we are not making money. But to us is what can we help? You know what can we help? And what can we help with the parents to grieve? Not just the parents, the siblings. So nowadays I see even siblings because I always tell them it's good to have siblings to come, even though they may be young, but don't underestimate that they don't understand. You know the worst is when they are looking for Meme, and Meme is gone. You know where's Meme? And then you have to keep lying. But why not let them? Ex- this is the best time for education, best education that one day we will all go. And 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 uh, you know and and unfortunately, Meme is yeah. I have to leave depart earlier. Uh, but it is to acknowledge her and to give thanks to Meme for coming to their life. And even though it's mm. brief, but it's so much significance, right? And and not to just yeah. brush Meme away and say no no Meme was like never born. It, you you can't like how long do you want yeah. to keep the lie, right? So. So it's so important to always involve kids. I, I talk about it in my book. I, I can't stress it, you yeah. know, more. And and you don't want to have that mental scar in them. Like one of my friends, she lost her dad when she was only eight, and she said to me her biggest regret was not going to see the dad in the casket. Wow. And because her auntie stopped her, I said, no, 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 you don't go You know, don't go and see. So she had that regret, and until today, she said, I don't re- remember how my dad looks like when he's in the casket because I never get to see him. So you can imagine now she's a mummy and she talk about it and she hold that grief. So a lot of people along the way you will meet and they will share with you their story of grief, and and yeah. and how it could shape their you know their future and their lives. Yeah. I I for me I think I I could feel it personally because my father passed away yeah. when I was four years old. And I think oh, very no. typical yeah. and very traditional Chinese family. They mm. it, everything was hush hush. I don't remember much mm. about it. So I think it's still very unresolved for me. So mm, in a way, mm. this your book started me thinking about this topic. Mm. Um, mm. So I want to touch more on this topic of education. Like, sure. when, when do you think we should start talking to kids about death, <clears throat> and like, what should we be talking about? Yeah. I think it's always part and parcel of life, right? And and I I feel that there's a lot of people who, uh, don't. It, it the earlier you talk about it, the better it is. Of course. 
or when they can understand things, right? So <clears throat> you talk about life cycle. So I always share, um, uh, recently I've been using this phrase because I really love it. And it's every one of us have very, very different life journey, but our destination are all the same. So you can <laughs> use the movie. Yeah, you, so, so like recently you see Pixel and Disney, they have amazing movie to talk about death life and death yeah, yeah. and that's such a good education um and story like you can go to watch so so is one of my favorite lately oh, love uh, coco it. Yeah. yeah love it right and oh coco my god coco always, yes yes you use that oh. exactly so let the kids understand what is coco what what is coco going through uh in mexico this is done in singapore we have our version and use that to carry on do you know what is happening you know what and and use that opportunity to um, give this uh, idea of death, right? Because I remember my brother, uh, you know, growing up, we watched different kind of, there's not so much uh, Disney, it's all like very fairy tale, yeah, never a realistic sort of depiction. And I remember my aunt passed away and my youngest brother is very, very close to my aunt. And she passed away at 39 because of cancer and she grew up with my aunt was the one who was taking care of my brother because she was sick, so she, a lot of times she's at home, so she would play with my brother. But when she died, right, we, we did bring him. And I remember my brother asked me, he said, I think we should get a Prince Charming uh, to come and kiss uh, Ayi. You know, she's been sleeping for so long. Because back then, we didn't know what to tell him, right? And we would say that Ayi is sleeping. So, but then I realized, hey, that's not a good way to explain because then he thinks that, oh, Ayi is just sleeping. Let's get a prince to come and kiss um, her. So if you look at Coco uh, and, and all these like movies that has, that talks about, that touches about life and death, I think that's so much more to explain to children this is what's going to happen and it can start as young you know so that they learn to appreciate life they learn to appreciate the time with your loved ones and not take it for granted like oh you know i don't worry i have tomorrow uh, i don't want to say i love you to mommy yeah so it, it, there are things that you want them to know that um yeah you need to embrace it now and i think when you live life with the end in mind you embrace life a lot more than you usually will and and that way you know children can even open up topics because you, you know I, I, one of the things that i uh, feel strongly about is depression and mental wellness uh, especially in my book i talk about this and and mental wellness is so important and it starts from being a kid you know you want to have an environment for the children so as parents we have a lot of work to do our work is not to live our children's life our work is to guide them so that they can live their own life independently right but you must help them and give them the right tools so meaning to say by talking about topics like that children may feel that they can open up to mommy or daddy like oh daddy you know things this kind of topics but i wasn't in that era where i can talk about all this right my mom and dad is the oh don't talk about it they because they don't know how to help when i lost my yeah. best friend my mom and dad really didn't know how to help me i was crying a lot i was playing the piano a lot and it was a very hard time for me to get over my, my I, I never got over it uh, actually because it was such a traumatic experience for me that I, until today I, I one of the regrets is i still don't know where his final resting place is yeah i'm still looking yeah so i i think that one day maybe he will guide me to see where he's resting because I always feel like I don't know yeah. where he is yeah and the parents we couldn't get in touch with them uh, after his passing so so there were a lot of things that uh, I, I wish could be done differently as when I was a kid so example like you mentioned uh, what should we do for kids I think yeah the education is important I think kids nowadays are more 
you know, knowledgeable. You can search for all this information online and then read about it and talk about it. So when children want to talk about it, parents should embrace it and use that opportunity to talk about it. Not the, yeah, choy, 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 you know? Yeah, you so young, why you talk about that? Then I always tell them that young doesn't mean I will not go first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, mm, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I said, I want to say my piece at least. Uh, so sometimes I would tell my husband certain things, then he's like, hey, yeah, you are crazy again. I said, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I need to tell you things that you need to listen, pay attention to me. Eh? But I know because he himself is also uh, very, uh, very hurt by the mom's passing a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So it took him very long. My husband t- take him, even you see, we are, uh, I'm in the funeral industry, and I took so long to allow him to open up. I wasn't rushing. I was more like patient. Like he didn't want to talk about it, so mm. we took him about two, three years. Yeah. So now he's a bit better to talk about it because every time I think if I were to touch on talking about the mother, he would start to cry. So so yeah. Oh. So everyone has a different way to ex. Uh, uh, the grief journey is different. So just need yeah. to be patient. Yeah, and listen. So start educating early, no? I think that's the best way. And look at it differently. Life graduation ceremony. Uh, then you change the mindset, right? Yeah, not about yeah, death. Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you have that yeah. change, then you start to see, oh, that's true. Uh, why do I fear death? There's nothing to fear. Since we are given the chance with life, then might as well make use of it and see on my graduation day, who will be here you know, to, to send me off? What kind of food will there be? What kind of music? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then you start to be creative. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think it's really when we use the word death, then it, it kind of that word just brings fear to a lot yeah. of us and anxiety. True. Yeah. True. True. So that mindset shift will be powerful. Mm. And and I guess one one aspect I'm curious about also continuing on the line of uh, youths, uh, mm. you know, working in the funeral industry. I guess it's. I mean, in terms of perceptions, mm. people may have negative perceptions about it, or you know, it's a very yeah. dark industry and stuff like that how in even in your book you mentioned like it's a challenge probably yeah. to hire like younger, younger folks or the new generation to come and work in this industry so so how i guess uh back when you wrote the book was uh, a while mm. back and between yeah. now and then has things changed uh, has the yeah. perception of the industry changed because i think you've brought a new or you've shown a greater light on the space right mm. so now people understand it more people see it more so how has mm. things changed over this last couple of years yeah Oh yeah, I, I definitely has changed a lot. In fact, uh, in 2010 when I tried to hire, it was almost impossible to hire someone local. But uh, now, yeah, it, because nobody wants to be associated with the death industry, right? And to them, it's like, I have a degree, why do I want to end up in a funeral home? Um, but things have changed because I, in fact, I have more supply than demand. And I'm not the only wow. one who said that in the industry, wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like every other day I have like applications, like they want to join this industry, they tell me the story. And you will be amazed by how many people tell you that they actually wanted to be in the funeral industry for a long time. And now they are more, I think people start wow. to pursue passion, not about, oh, mm-hmm. is that my rice bowl? Uh, will that take care of my family? People are pursuing for passion. They they, they don't, I mean the younger generation, they are the kind of like your generation, uh, huh? You were like, <laughs> for passion, you know? It's okay, I eat Maggie Mee for like months, it's okay. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a shift already, you know? That, so I just want to do what I love. But the, your parents may not understand, right? They're like, no, you need to find a stable job, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so in fact, my youngest is 24 years old, the girl uh, who's 24 years old. And you'll be, uh, so so uh, we have actually are uh, featured in the changing the pandemic in National Museum mm-hmm. right now, uh, this one. 
so oh, cool. changing yeah picturing wow. oh, oh wow. picturing the pandemic so you can go and take a look it's until august 29th yeah and we are okay. featured uh, yeah we are featured as one of the essential workers so she the 24 year old girl is featured there and there was a video interview of her and she talks about how it was her dream to be a embalmer so she wow. joined us when she wow. was maybe 22 yeah, so, and she's really excelling in, in doing what she loves. And she's amazing because I also feel uh, a lot of strength in her and tenacity because when her mom passed away, she really still wanted to be the one who delivered the eulogy. And she was really, really very, very strong, very strong lady. And uh, I learned a, a lot from her also. So, so the younger generation are more open to join. But I always say that this industry isn't for... You know, some people will think that, oh, it's such a glamorous, they join this because, wow, it's so cool, you know, isn't that cool where you go for a friend outing, then they say, oh, what you do, then you have a lot of story to tell. But isn't so glamorous as you think, because there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of heartache, uh, heartache being, you know, from, uh, sometimes you may meet a funeral that really hits you, or it's a lot of long hours sometimes, uh, irregular hours, like if you get you're on standby, you could be out on a date or, or you are in a movie and then you have to tell your loved one, hey, sorry, I need to go. Yeah, so they, you need a very uh, strong support system, very, very strong support system because that's why when I hire, I don't care about their graduate, like I don't look at their educational cert, lah, at least for my company, I don't. Uh, more, I want to know why. So I always said this, you know, by Jim Ron, um, he, he mentioned this, the bigger the why, the easier the how. So when I hire, I always ask why. Why do you want to be in the industry? If their reasoning is, oh, because the money is good, wow, then I say, hmm, I think you should go across the street and, and see which funeral company want to hire you because you don't fit to our culture. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. So most of the time when I hear like, uh, the bigger the why is they have a story like they they will tell me like oh grandma's funeral was not well done or oh the funeral director who took care of my dad's funeral was amazing and i really saw so much value of what i could do yeah these are the stories i want because when you share this story the bigger the why the easier the how i don't need to teach you what to do i don't need to tell you okay you must do this you must do this you will just think hmm i would like to do this because i didn't get this when you know my papa passed away i want to do this for the family then is i don't need to keep guiding you right because i read this book before uh, about rich carlton uh, the gold standard and mm-hmm. they interviewed the ceo uh, i think the ceo of the human resource and they asked him and this stuck with me as well and he asked, how do you train your people with good attitude? Because you know, Chris Carlton is considered your five star, right? Yeah, yeah. And the service is amazing. So so he asked, like, how do you hire people with good attitude? Uh, uh, no, how do you train your people with good attitude? And he said, you can't train. You can only hire people with good attitude. So that's why when I hire, it's very key to see whether this person has very good attitude. And the bigger the why, the easier the how. So lately of late i don't have that issue i think more of an issue where i don't have enough position the industry doesn't have a lot of position for these people to fill up um, but it's good to see that we have more and more people coming to and we do have people who want to try out you know when they say try out they do part-time with us or they want to do an internship with us also so unheard of, uh, a JC student want to do internship. Yeah. So wow. more and more, yeah. We even have secondary two. Oh uh, no, set four. I think they were, uh, who came wow. and joined us also mm, for intern. Wow. Yeah. Uh, two weeks. So 
so I share with them, it's still considered hospitality. Funeral is a hospitality, right? But the only hospitality is um, you don't meet people who are very happy most of the time. You know, like hospitality, like yeah, hotel, yeah, yeah. or maybe you have people who are happy or angry. But in funeral, you when you meet some of the family, they are grieving. And grief is such a spectrum. Right, you have people who are angry, who are in shock, who are crying, wailing, yeah. who are maybe quiet because they, they, they don't want to talk, who are angry, not angry at you, but angry at, at, at themselves. But I always say that if a client is angry at you and they are shouting at you or whatever, don't take it personally because they are angry with themselves for certain things that didn't happen. And, and, and I always use this phrase like, they're angry not at you, but around you. So don't be affected by it, right? And they, there will be people who have regrets and guilty. So at this point in time, you're sitting now with family members who are going through different grief process. So you need to help manage and bring them together, unite them. Because I have done funerals where there are different families, right? Because uh, the man has like three wives. So how do you bring them all together on the same table? Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, psychology. So when I did my certificate in funeral directing, then I realized that, wow, it's such a deep... And I relate to it because of my psychology background. There were two modules of conflict management. And I was like, wow, you know, yeah. So you'll be like, wow, you know, a lot of bing moment. Like, yeah, I never think of all this area. So in 2010, when I studied uh, my cert, that also helped me to understand uh, how my psychology knowledge could really help. The dynamics, you know, it's so important. It's really important. If you don't handle it well, uh, then maybe families may not end up having a very good closure with their with their loved ones and, and even if they are arguing like they are not cordial I always remind them that we have only three to five days together to help this old man with his final journey we can do it two ways one is you all have your own version or we can all unite to give him one very beautiful farewell so I need all your help to help me make this possible because my job is to make sure that I give your dad a beautiful farewell so I need your help to work together yeah I think yeah if I'm not oh. in a funeral directing I will try to do a be an investigator Mm. <laughs> Hostage yeah. negotiation. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, psychology to it. Hmm? Yeah, you're really connecting a lot of dots in your work. So like financial service, your yeah. experience, uh, like negotiation, mm. conflict management, empathy, yeah. user experience, design. Like Correct. All this, you have to connect a lot, a lot. I, 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 I enjoy it. I actually enjoy it a lot. I, I think I enjoy when I connect on a deeper level with the families and, and and when they're able to consider me as a friend I think that's that's key for me la. I always treat them like a, we still go out for coffee yeah I mean how often do people want to meet funeral directors not very often la, I think <laughs> they, yeah so every time I said yeah let's not meet up for you know touch wood for work purposes but yeah happy to have coffee or have a drink just talking about life itself la. yeah Oh yeah, I wanted to ask because uh. um, like being in the game development industry, I'm quite concerned about what's the female representation like in the industry. So um, uh. just now you mentioned that in your company there are 80% um, mm. female workers. Ladies, so, yeah. And I think, yeah, I read in your book that in, in I think when you were 29, you were actually cornered by mm. a Vietnamese military general in the hotel room. And that, I think that really oh, sounded yeah, like right. a very terrifying accident. So how has mm. the situation improve in terms of the industry are there like oh, more um, women right now in the industry or I is think, it still the same uh, I don't think okay I think number one yeah maybe that's why I'm learning Krav Maga because I don't want to be taken advantage yeah <laughs> 
Um, I think when I was 29 back then, uh, when that ha- episode happened, it was, um, I think at a point in time, I wasn't very mature. I wasn't wise. I, I, I always felt there was a need for approval or, or, you know, like how sometimes we, we just feel that, oh, wow, what if we do this, then what happens? But along the way, you start mm. to toughen up and then you start to realize that, yeah, so it, it's a no deal. It, it's, it's, it's never to... Uh, go against your own dignity, you know, and integrity. So I, I learned a lot also as I was growing up. Um, back then, I think again, you know, this episode happened when I was in Vietnam, and I think ladies in Singapore and also is is uh, I I also told my staff to protect themselves because I think it's difficult. Everyone has his own experience, but if they're uncomfortable with anybody, like one of my staff told me, oh, uh, there was a sort of a funeral director who was an agent who was trying to sort of cross the line. And then, so I said, yeah, then you you have to stand. I can't be there to tell the guy, right? Because I don't, I don't really interact with the guy. But when they come to tell me stories like that, I said, you have to put your foot down and say, hey, uh, be very clear. So in my line of work, um, I think, yeah, that's what people say about me, that I'm like a maybe chili party. Like, they don't dare to cross the line with me. <laughs> they, they probably know that I'm also quite uh yeah quite feisty la, if you cross the line but back then I wasn't like that I was a uh, really you know I always think that it's important to just seek approval like have approval yeah there was all this tell me me thought right like oh if I do this then yeah but now it's like I don't care yeah I don't care if uh, there's a no deal man yeah you either yeah integrity is very important I learned it also I learned along the way I learned not because of me but I learned from other people and I said to myself this is not what I want so so then I would choose uh. yeah then now you you know what you want best right yeah as you grow older you start to realize yeah some things you just yeah. will never you know uh, have any excuses like you don't give me excuses I just don't want I don't want to accept that yeah so so I guess the ladies, ladies are uh, no, these ladies advice. are more yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies are different now. Like back then, I think our era were uh, in the era where we were not so vocal. But nowadays, uh, ladies are more vocal. You just put it out on social media, everybody will know. Then your reputation is destroyed. Ah, ha, ha, yeah. Ha. yeah, back then, I don't have that luxury. Uh. And also, he's a general. Uh, I, I, I don't even speak his language. So it was just very unfortunate yeah. but that story uh, also shocked my sister because she read my book and she didn't know I went through that I was like yeah even I tell you what you could you do you know the episode is over already mm. so I choose not to go to Vietnam after that to handle this account I told my business partner then I said no I'm not gonna handle it you guys can handle it yeah I just stepped back uh, I said no it's it's not the kind of business because I think they didn't realize um, I was only 29 so they maybe thought you know, I had more, uh, I wouldn't mind all these little things. But I, yeah, I, I just felt like, wow, just because you are a man, I need to protect myself. You should be the, you are my business partners. You should also be, you know, sort of protecting me in a way. But then I realized, yeah, everybody have their own agenda or everybody have their own things that they have in mind mm. so as women it's so important to be very self-sufficient um like i mentioned just now before uh i mean it, constantly learning new things and in fact i'm doing krav maga uh, which is a 
is really martial art for self defense. Uh, I would encourage all ladies to do. Guess doing this. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> who is yeah. it? Who is it? Yeah. Maybe I know the person. Who's the? No, it's a it's a it's a it's a guy. Founder of a gaming studio, a lady also in the Philippines, but she also wanted to feel oh. safe, you know, walking home back wow. on the streets and everything. So she also went to learn. Yeah. Now she's a Krav Maga instructor. Krav Maga. Yeah. Nice, yeah. I th- I love Krav Maga. I love Krav Maga. You know, like when you can throw and take down some people, it's so good. No, no, it's just it's it's really good to learn all these defenses because you never know when it will become very helpful. Yeah, go and take out Krav Maga. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what What about um, in terms of workers or um people in the industry? Do you see more women now, mm. or um, it's still rather imbalanced? I think it's still in balance, but there are more women joining. But it's also depending on whether companies want to hire, right? Because uh, you can't have hundred percent ladies because uh, you still need some guys with the strength. Because there's certain jobs that require uh, the males. But when I say I have twenty percent, eighty percent, it doesn't mean that I don't have males um, in my team. That uh, because it, to me, it's it's never about oh I purposely wanted that. I didn't purposely wanted to make it hundred percent. It just happened that the people that who join us, you know, uh, I look at like again is the why why factor, and these girls were interviewed by my managers, and they felt the 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 ladies, these two that is uh, the the latest who join us, they are they they possess the right attitude and the caliber for the job. So, but. Uh, I still feel that you know, in the general industry, in 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 generally, um, the there are still male males in the industry. Yeah. So, so but I feel there's a lot more, you know, the female are sort of uh, catching up. I won't say catch up forever. I, I mean, I won't think it will be a fifty fifty lah. Yeah. I think it will still be maybe quite a strong thirty thirty forty, yeah, range in the in the, in the general See? industry. Mm. Oh, okay. And and yeah. I, I guess uh, yeah, maybe just to uh slowly wrap it up. Sure. I think one aspect I'm super curious about is I think you mentioned like when your when your mm. late father passed, he he didn't have any preparations and things like that mm. uh, ready, right? And and since you're a leader in the f- funeral service industry. Mm. Do you have a plan for when you go and and do you have an idea of, you know, how you want to go? Yeah, 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 all, all the time. So when my dad didn't leave his instructions, even though he's a funeral director, he's an irony, right? And I, I know what I want. Uh, so if the two of you are coming to my funeral wake, please don't wear black. I wear black my <laughs> whole entire life. So yeah, the, the instruction is nobody wear black. Uh, I love colors, so wear colors. Uh, it will be a white casket. I love uh, red roses, actually. I like the color red, lah. So my casket spray will be, you know, red with uh, red roses, and I will have a dance floor. Uh, wow! It could be different. Yeah, I will dance because I, I, I'm actually a salsa dancer, right? So I would love to have my friends come, and and that's how I want to be remembered. You know, dance floor where you can dance, and and in fact, I told uh, my husband that maybe it would be good to do a memorial service for me, meaning to say. Um, the my body will be only for family, and then after that, hold a memorial service at my my favorite dancing spot, lah. So then we can have the music. Cause my my husband is also a salsa dancer. We we met in oh. salsa. Yeah. So, so I told him lah, like depending on what's available. Yeah. But I would love a dance floor where everybody would dance and, 
yeah, in my honor, play the songs that I like, dance, you know, feel like I'm dancing there. Yeah, but every time people will laugh, like, I say, hey, by the time we go to your funeral, you know, we will all be walking canes or wheelchair. I said, doesn't matter, lah. you all can dance, dance. <laughs> can cha-cha instead. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Salsa, so, correct, yeah, cha-cha, anything, you know, as long as you are happy. And, and yeah, I think that's that to me is more important yeah, to to remember who I was, lah, that, that uh, that's the way and the life that I like. And I have, uh, I collect fans, like hand fans. Mm-hmm. So I will, I will love to uh, display all my f- fans. Like my, I always, I always joke is my fan club. Yeah. So <laughs> display all my, I have a lot of fans. Yeah. So they could be given away. In fact, one of the things that I added to my instructions is I want to get empty fans. You know, uh-huh. I told my staff to do that. Uh, empty fans and then all uh, get all the guests to write a message on the fan. You know, so so that eventually all these fans are collected and given to my daughter so that she can open up and read about wow. me. Yeah, when she gets wow. older. La. So, yeah, so there's a lot of things I put into it that, yeah, I would like to do this, I would like to do that. Yeah, it, it Eventually, is to really to ease my... A husband from having to make all this decision right yeah even even though we are in this line he sometimes uh, i also have this conversation with him i said wow you know if husband and wife who who did because i handed a funeral um some few few months back and it really impacted me again on on the fact of who to go first or who got sick first so i, I met a gentleman who has three kids and he is the carer for his wife and his wife is very young like probably a few years older than me and she has cancer. So I went to the house and they have a family portrait where, where their elders and the youngest, they are quite far apart. And I saw in a photo of how, how he looked like and then how haggard he looks like now. And I realized, wow, you know, being a father, he's really doing a lot to take care of his wife and also the children. And then just as we were wrapping up his, uh, the, the arrangement, suddenly he just like, it just, he just suddenly like, oh my God, like, he just, oh my god, then he started shouting for his younger son, like, get ready, like, get ready, we have to go, you have your dentist appointment. And I realized, like, wow, he has so many things he have to put in mind. And then he's like, oh, Angeli, we have to stop because I, I need to bring my son to the dentist. So, so there was so much on him. So that night I asked my husband, who do you think, um, if we have a choice, who do you want to go first? You want to go first or I go first? Then then he's like, mm. so he asked me why I said that. So I told him the story and I said that I think if I go first, you probably don't know how to take care of my girl. Or Then he said, I just have to do it, right? Then I said, yeah, but it might be hard for you because I know you, yeah, a, a bit different, yeah. So like two days later, then he's just suddenly out of blue, right? We're having lunch. Then he said, I think it's better I go first, yeah. I don't think I can handle when you go before me it's true so so i then recently i heard a podcast about how uh, uh this happened in uk where the aged parents told the children like okay we're gonna on going on a road trip and then the children were like okay enjoy a road trip but actually they decided to kill uh, themselves yeah mm. and and yeah they took medication and they died together in the hotel and they wanted to die together because they don't want to go through the grief of losing a partner which it's, you know, you, you watch like Titanic where the husband and wife, mm-hmm. uh, the old folks. So you, it makes you think, right? Like, it's so difficult to, it's really hard, yeah, when you lose your soulmate and someone you spend so many years with, right? Yeah, so that that to me, I find, yeah, and I also told him the reason why I said, I think, yeah, uh, phys- uh, 
because I've been through like a very big grief with my dad when I was a young age. So I think it's also toughened me out where I sort of accept that, you know, um, take one step at a time. Uh, but I think my husband may have a very hard time to manage it. Yeah, but it's always it's all these things that happen that make me have all these conversations. So it made me think, you know. But that one, this 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 story not in uh, my book, huh? Maybe uh, third edition. Yeah, yeah, I would love to yeah. write that. You know that. Yeah, these are all the thoughts that I, I have. Yeah. After this book was launched, I have more stories. So, so we'll see and, whether we have another yeah. third edition. And yeah, mm. just to touch on the book for a tiny bit, like uh, you mm. recently released, I think towards the end of last year, you released like the second edition of your book. And uh, so mid what, of last year. Yeah. Mid of last year, yeah. So, so mm. what what are the key additions or differences uh, after uh, in the second book uh, versus the first edition? The first book, yeah. The first book you can't buy it um, anymore. Uh, so we have the second edition where uh, because it ran out of print, that's the reason why we have a second book. So ah, in this okay. book, I added a few chapters. Uh, Death in time of Corona. This is a chapter where I managed to squeeze in uh, because this. Uh, was launched in mid 2020 so I was able to put a chapter in about you know handling mm-hmm. some of the corona cases where um, they pass away in Singapore and then they are foreigners so I talk about the grief the grief wow. part of also a gentleman who passed away here um, then I also added the part of showers of love because when I launched this book showers of I, in fact I launched my first book at showers of love so I didn't have that many stories yeah so then then I added that chapter in and then one more chapter was the children and death. Now children and death in the first book I talk about it where I told I share about how children faces you know death in the family, how you should be very honest with the child and talk about okay, not Ye Ye is sleeping, you know, rather because these are all euphorism, right? And the next yeah. thing if they see Ye Ye going into a ball of fire then they were like, oh my god, I don't want to sleep anymore. Yeah, But you should just tell them, Yeah, it's always the parents' fear of explaining. But actually children are very innocent. They just take things that is. So we are the parents are the ones who sort of inject our <laughs> idea and preconceived mindset. What if yeah. he doesn't understand? What if, what if? But children have the most innocent mind. So you should just be very open with them. But this book, um, the second edition, I actually talk, touch more on children facing their own mortality and how wow. they yeah it, it's very powerful lesson for me also like how they it's so innocent they're so innocent when it comes to facing their own death knowing that their time is up and the message that they have for their parents and they just it, it, they have just very you know singular motivation and the singular motivation is just to make mommy and daddy smile yeah and and, and you yeah it's, it's it's just very beautiful and and I, I told the parents I, I want to write about it. I write about Misha here, so the six-year-old girl who planned her funeral. Yeah, so so these are the stories. I also talked, I added more um, uh, stories under keeping keeping a death secret because uh, we handled a very tough case where, uh, that's why I said about mental wellness. So in my book, I, you know, along the way, there are chapters that I want to inject more stories in because um, mm-hmm. in my book, I talk about different categories of you know, uh, cases or families that I've served, and and along the way there will be more input. That's why this book is a bit thicker than my, um, my first book. Yeah, way thicker. <laughs> yeah. So so these are the information you, uh, uh, the second edition will have. But, but I really like 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 how your book is like a, 
like just a catalog of your life experiences and your yeah. like and then you have it's a second true. edition you can add more experiences to it and if yeah, you have a further yeah. one you know it's just yeah correct I, I really hope people can read and then they sort of live their life you know with no regrets if there's anything that they can take away from my book it's really to help them have more connection with their family members to embrace life um, and, and, and in my book, I always talk about the four phases of life that I think every one of us should always embrace this and, and be very generous with our loved ones with that message, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I'm sorry, I forgive you, I thank you, and I love you. And I find a lot of times at a funeral, you see people who are crying over the casket and they are, it's a one-way conversation now, right? Yeah, they are, they are seeking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, it's, it's not something resolved because they, they are not like, um, one episode that I always remember when the girl apologized to the grandmother and it was very sad like when you hear that and she's apologizing to the grandmother lying in the, in the casket and like that to me was a wake up call that yeah I used to like quarrel with my mom because of business and all that then eventually because of when I saw this uh, episode I was in my mind I said yeah I don't want to leave anything left unsaid you know I, 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 if I have mm-hmm. argument with my mom I, it doesn't matter about ego who's right who's wrong it doesn't matter you know mm-hmm. just be the first to apologize yeah I always be the first to apologize so then you don't have any regrets because I always picture myself like if I argue with my mom and maybe I walk away and I'm, I'm the kind like my dad you know we, we have argument after a while, it's like in the moment only, then after that, you forget about the whole episode. But maybe for my mom, it's not. So she may think, and, and who knows, after the episode, I may, uh, uh, the argument, maybe I step out and I, I get banged by a car. And for her, she will carry that guilt forever. All right, I'm already gone. But she may not understand that I have already let the the argument slip and, and, and didn't matter to me. But she will always remember that, oh, I shouldn't have argued with her. It was my fault. Da, da, da. So that is something that I never wanted anyone to have that with them. So I'm always very quick to uh, apologize. Uh, yeah, ego is not yeah. important for me. And yeah, it's okay. <laughs> yes. At the end of the day, we go empty. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to end off our mm. podcast with this line that I really like so mm. it's, it's, it's this line that I quote uh, don't just add days to your life add life to mm. your days I, I think that's a good place to end our official part of the podcast if you like what you heard please help us subscribe rate and review let us know what you think and tell us who else you want on the pod you can go to ricepeoplepodcast.com where you can find every episode of this podcast complete with transcripts and show notes. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week.